Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 48 of a series of episodes that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. And those of you that have been listening and watching know that during these episodes, we're going to be focused on evangelism. We have a lot of goals uh, with, uh, with this podcast. And uh, one of them, for example, is to stir one another up to love and good works, but especially in the area of reaching our family or friends and our neighbors with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. Uh, for those, I've been doing this every time. For those of you that don't know, Franklin's about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis. Um, and I also serve as one of the shepherds there. Those of you that know me um, know that I'm passionate about our topic. Uh, I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. And uh, ever since then, I've been uh, anything I could get my hands on to read, anybody I could talk to, and, uh, to learn how to to teach others. And, and I've been using some Bible phrases, of course, uh, striving how to teach others, uh, how to be fisher, to be a fisher of men and women, how to make disciples, uh, how to persuade men and women. And, uh, and also, and I remind everybody each time of what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, obviously women as well, Commit these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And then later on in that chapter, uh, he uses a phrase that I really like. Uh, he tells Timothy to be useful for the master, uh, prepared for every, uh, every good work. So back last year when the COVID nonsense hit, I came up with this idea of doing a podcast and, uh, one, and, and then try to identify those Christians, the men and women, fellow workers who are doing this, uh, who are leading others to Christ. And once we've identified them, to interview them and find out, how, ask questions, how are you doing this? Uh, why are you doing this? Uh, where are you? And, uh, and get some stories. And, and that's the kind of the quick backdrop on what we're doing here. Today, we're really excited. We've got two guys with it. We've got two doctors today. I don't know what this means. <laughs> we've got two, two doctors. Uh, Brian Nash and J.D. Souter. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us on. We're glad to be here. Yeah, thank oh, you very much. We appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. And uh, what we try to do with this is uh, I've got a simple outline, and, and you said you've listened to a couple of the episodes, so it'll sound familiar to you. But uh, often what I do, uh, I'm trying to learn how to be a good interviewer, but uh, the, oftentimes people will say things and I'll, it'll just trigger, you know, maybe to chase that, to chase that rabbit a little bit, if you will, and to learn more about it. And uh, uh, we've learned a lot of things by doing things like that. But um, why don't we, we start out with what we call the elevator pitch or the bio, a short bio. Um, JD, why don't you start us out and tell everybody, because, uh, you know, not everybody knows us, right? We don't, a lot of people, most people don't know us, but uh, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I don't know about you guys, but uh, but tell everybody uh, where you were born, uh, how you learned the truth, and kind of bring us up to speed. Well, my name's J.D. Souter. Uh, I was born here in Salem, Indiana, uh, and grew up in a, in a Christian home, so I was uh, exposed to uh, Jesus Christ um, from the cradle, uh, 
And I was baptized when I was about 10 years old. Uh, I, I think it, looking back in retrospect, you know, I, I was immature as 10 year olds are, uh, but really as I got into my teenage years, my, my early twenties uh, was really when I started understanding more what, what it means uh, to follow Christ uh, myself, uh, really making my faith my own uh, rather than uh, just kind of coasting along in the, in the stream of a, of being part of a church, uh, but really, really diving into it myself uh, and being more active in the church, coming to, to study more of the word myself. Uh, I'm uh, the, with, with the scrubs on, I'm, I'm a doctor of physical therapy uh, and really being able to, to understand, you know, some of the opportunities that God has presented me in medicine uh, and understanding that in some ways, uh, in some ways as a ministry, uh, as an opportunity to help people an opportunity to lift people up, uh, and an opportunity to, to connect with people. And that's really, I think, where, where sharing the gospel uh, falls in there is, you know, if, if, it, if it's a detached kind of a thing, if the, if the message of Jesus Christ is just something that I impose at people, uh, it, it's not as, uh, not as fruitful, not as meaningful, uh, not as true as when you have that connection uh, with people. So re really trying to utilize my practice uh, as a physical therapist as a way to connect with people, sharing the blessings that God has, has blessed me with and, and uh, really using that for the, for the cause of the kingdom. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that. And boy, I could go off on that. I mean, from a, in a positive way, from the standpoint of, of opportunities that you have, and and I'm afraid, and sometimes I, I really try to force myself. I don't want to get negative, but sometimes just reality, right, that we have. But uh, I think there's others out there, perhaps uh, that that have businesses, that have opportunities, are in contact with a lot of people, and and perhaps Christ never comes up. You know, they don't, they haven't made that connection of how God has blessed them with that with a huge opportunity. And they've never, never really learned how to, to take, not take advantage, but you know what I mean, to take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, but we could talk about that it, it maybe as we go here. All right, Brian, who are you? What, what, what? <laughs> I, that's a great question. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, now, I was born in Dallas, Texas. Um, probably knew or maybe have, was around my life a little bit as a kid, and at least said to tell you hello, would have been at least yeah, yeah. said hi too. Yeah. Um, we, we lived in Dallas until I was about eight and then moved to the Birmingham, Alabama area um, and grew up for the most part at the Gardendale Church of Christ. Uh, so similar to JD, I was you know, brought up with uh, a Christian family and, and uh, all the, the benefits and the blessings that that brings. Um, I ended up going to Auburn University and studied fisheries, um, catfish farming, if you want to be precise, and, uh, but found out that wasn't really the path that I wanted to end up going, and I started doing some preaching uh, with uh, Tony Mock was there at the time, and started preaching some with him, 
uh, ended up first full-time place that I preached was in Pensacola, Florida, uh, and then went to, well, as far as family goes, um, after Auburn, uh, ended up getting married to Elise, who is Bill Robinson's daughter. I know you had Bill on the show earlier uh, yeah. in the year. Um, but then we ended up going to Pensacola and uh, had our first born there. Um, he had some health issues. And so we ended up moving back to Birmingham for a short time. And then eventually went to South Carolina. Um, and then from South Carolina, came here to Salem, Indiana, where we are now, Southern Indiana. And so JD and I are actually related. And I'm related to most of the town here, I think. But uh, this, this is really where my mom, this is where my mom was born. And I've got a lot of family on, on that side here. Um, and so that's how we ended up here was really through that, that connection. Well, so y'all known each other your whole lives or, or no? That's a, most of our lives. We've got some pic. We've got some pictures. Uh, okay. Yeah. You yeah. can share with your audience of our uh, earlier years. Yeah, we don't have to do that today, but that's. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, that's. I think that's great. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I could go off on that. You know, there's a reason Jesus sent the seventy out two by two and the and the twelve two by two and. Uh, you know, there's just so much power in working with someone else. Uh, and it seems like you guys do that. and You've got each other's back and uh, you're helping and encouraging each other. And we just we all need that. We all need a Barnabas in our life. Uh, and uh, but you know, let's let's do this. Obviously, uh, both of you are, are because of the work that you do and, and everything. Uh, I know before I before I do that, let's do that. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, the congregation there, uh, where you are, Eastview. Tell us a little bit about the group. Well, I can revert to JD on that first because he's been here a lot longer than I have. But. Okay. Well, I, uh, uh, with my family, we came here about 20 years ago. Uh, and at the time, it was a uh, very small uh, congregation, a dozen people or so. Uh, this this part of the country, you know, oftentimes there, there's a whole uh, host of tiny country congregations scattered across the county, uh, yes. and, and th this was one of those kind of situations. Uh, but really, over the past twenty years, uh, going from a, a tiny group, uh, we, we are now a group of what, 50, 50, 60. fifty to sixty uh, most Sundays. Uh, and really, it's been encouraging to, uh, to see not just the numerical growth, uh, but really the growth of the group together, uh, yes. the, the growing in maturity. Uh, and I think that's sometimes a challenge for a smaller group. Uh, you know, you get in a, in a small group, you're familiar with everybody, and sometimes it gets easy to kind of coast or to to just assume that the status quo is is sufficient, but really, I think the the group here does a good job of of challenging one another to to grow to to mature. Uh, obviously, in our understanding of the word, but also uh, it to mature in our love, mature in our service, uh, and I think that's that's been encouraging uh, to see. So 
Brian is our uh, our full time preacher. Uh, we've got three shepherds. I'm one of uh, four deacons uh, here with the group here. And and for for being a uh, a congregation of our size, I'm, we're we're very blessed uh, with the shepherds that we have. Uh, we've got good uh, servant leaders in place, and and really. Uh, the idea of service is is one that that I think permeates the group here. Uh, that I'm I'm really uh, excited and and blessed to be a to be a part of this uh, of this family here. And that's another thing we we're really uh, rich on the language of family uh, of Good. loving one another as brothers and sisters and uh, even understanding. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, Paul and Timothy. And even some of the the parent child language, you know, I'm blessed to have a lot of spiritual parents here uh, that that have brought me along, that that have encouraged me to grow uh, in Jesus. And, well, and I, and I think some of that's an outgrowth of in a lot of smaller communities, and uh, you know, you you know this, Dan, I'm sure that it, you know a lot of communities that are historically farming communities, factory work communities, that sort of thing. Um, you do have a lot of family units in those counties. Uh, you know, a lot of people are related to each other and, and that kind of a thing. And I think that that can then you know, create a situation where we can then talk about what is uh, what is even more meaningful than blood family, because because a lot of us around here are related in some way or another. That's just the nature of being in you know, these sorts of areas in the country. Um, but there is family that transcends that. Um, and I, I think that the congregation here does do uh, a good job of, of using those conversations to then talk about what does it mean to be family in Christ? All right, so good. You know, uh, look at all the things we could talk about. Uh, maybe it's just cause I'm getting old. My mind just thinks, of the, but you know, it's like how, how many people about, what's the population of Salem? <clears throat> Sorry, I, I just. I should have looked it up. Yeah. No, no, no. I, you didn't know I was going to ask that. Yeah, I want to say five thousand, eight thousand, somewhere in that vicinity. Okay. Well, Franklin is uh, 28,000. 28, <clears throat> so we're a metropolis compared to Salem. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but no, I just uh, you know we've interviewed people from. Uh, you know, from uh, New York to uh, L.A. to, uh, you know, all over the country. And this whole thing, this whole conversation of evangelism, really, it's the same, but it's different based on where we are, the communities that we're in. Um, like you're talking about a, a, a smaller congregation uh, with so many uh, blood family, a part of it, going to some other communities where there's hardly any blood family there. And they're, you know, and they're from all over the world you know, uh, immigrants from different places and blending and learning how to blend those into a, into a spiritual family and a community is just, a, that's a whole, that's a whole conversation within itself. Um, but I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing there. It, it's exciting. I've asked this pretty much every time, but I'm going to put both of you on the spot a little bit. Why? Why? Brian, start with you. Why do you do what you do? Of all the things you could have done, <clears throat> you went to school, you had idea, dreams that you were going to do, those changed. Um, why are you so passionate about leading others to Christ? Uh, 
Well, I, I listened to a few of your episodes, um, you know, before we came on here. And so I had an idea you were going to probably ask that. And you know, I think I, I think for a lot of people who preach, you can ask that question in different ways. You know, there's times where I, I think we all ask the question, why am I doing this? You know, and why, why do I do this? And, and I, I think that that question can take on different tones. Um, and I have asked myself that question in times past with maybe different tones or inflections. Um, and, uh, and one of the things that I think I've really come to appreciate the uh, realizing I'm, I'm not that old compared to some, but the, the older that I have gotten, um, there's a lot of people that know that when I was younger, um, my brother was killed in a car accident along with four other or three other people uh, that were in the congregation there. So there were four people um, from the local congregation where we worshiped. Uh, that were killed in, in that wreck. And looking back on that, really, I would say the church, going circling back around to this idea of family, the church was in a very real sense family. Uh, church was kind of a respite. It, it was a place where I was well taken care of, um, where there were very meaningful relationships. And as I look back on that and reflect on that, I, I think that that was incredibly formative for me. Um, it, it was a safe place. It was, you know, it, it was all these things that it, it was where I wanted to be. And I think that that really did form me in profound ways that growing up, you know, I, I wanted to be very much a part of that, perhaps be a part of that for, for other people um, yeah. who, who, who needed that kind of a thing. Um, and so I think that's that's a big a big aspect of it. Uh, you know, it is interesting to kind of look back on a life story and to try the best we can, although we don't always know how God is at work through things. But to look back and to see kind of how how the story unfolds, where God's hand is in the story. And one of the things I tell people is that I don't think that I really chose preaching as much as preaching shows me. And, you know, what I mean by that is I think that there's just certain things that unfolded in a certain way that put me where I am. And when we can start to think of our lives as, as a participating with what God wants to do in our lives and the lives of others, as joining this journey, as being a part of this adventure, you know, if, if we can stay in that frame of mind, I, keep, I think we stay motivated. Uh, you know, as well as I do, how many people burn out doing this work. Yeah. And I, I think that people get up against a point where a lot, a lot of people struggle with just it, just it being tedious, it feeling monotonous, it feeling like, you know, are, are we really even accomplishing anything? And uh, it, but if we can try to keep our minds on God is at work doing something through us in us that he wants to accomplish in the lives of other people. God is at work in the lives of other people. And if we can just you know, join in what God wants to accomplish, it, it's, it's really, it's an adventure. It's the greatest story of all time. And if we can keep our minds in that place, I think that's, that's very helpful. Oh, that, that is so good. Uh, yeah. The adventure with so many things I've, I've said this several times now, but so many things we could talk about there, but another reason I wanted to do these podcasts. Um, I think it's, easy for us to kind of get caught up in our own community, in our own work, 
and not realize what's going on out there. And we, we uh, if we're not careful, we see like, well, the church everywhere must be just like it is here in Salem or, or in Franklin, right? And, and we know that it's not, or it's like, am I the only one doing this kind of work? Is I'm, is, am I the only one interested in event? We, and we have to be careful thinking that way. But that's what's been so fun for me to be able to, uh, to give, uh, not that you guys need it because you have some of your own platforms, but uh, people an opportunity to talk and tell their story and, and to be encouraged. I've, you know, it's like, I, I, Brian, I think we met one time, but maybe I was wrong. But obviously, I made a big impression on you because you don't remember me. But, <laughs> but, but, uh, but just the uh, this the encouragement, you know, just to be able to know that I, I've got I've got around fifty new friends now. Some of them I knew before, but I can I've got them on my contact manager. We're friends on Facebook, you know, and I can pick them up since we did this, and we've the little bond is formed there, and there's a lot of a lot of communication that's going on. And that to me is really exciting. So yeah, to, to help encourage each other, and it can be it can be tiring and and uh, exhausting, uh, but we got to keep that fire going, don't we? Yeah, well, and I'd also say, you know, just thinking back through my own life story, thinking about the the people who were influential on on me or you know helpful to me. Um, you know, Bill Hall preached at Gardendale for a time while we were there. Uh, Jeff May is another one. Um, you know, men who I, truly I felt like took a real interest in me that I have I have great memories with. And again, I think we're we're spurred on to, in some ways, follow in the footsteps of people that we have have respected and looked up to. Oh, I agree. I agree. All right. What about you, JD? So why why do I do what I do? Yeah. Uh, why do you do? Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> And I suppose I could go a couple different directions with that. Uh, as far as uh, we, we met, I mentioned earlier, you know, my, my career, uh, and I know uh, many of many of the guests that you've had on, you know, ha- have have been preachers, uh, you know, and, and are working in that role in a congregation. Uh, I, I guess for me, I've I've always been you know interested in health and interested in the sciences and things like that, and I always knew that I wanted to go into medicine in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had an opportunity uh, when I was about nineteen or so. I was volunteering in a in a hospital, and they they put me in the rehab department and uh, really established some some mentorships there. Uh, people that invested, as as Brian mentioned, you know, people that invested in me as a young person, and that really made it made an impact on me and and just the connection with people, both colleagues uh, as well as with patients or clients. Uh, that connection that I think uh, is really fundamental uh, fundamental in a therapy setting, but it's fundamental to human relationship, right? Yeah. Uh, and and really life. Uh, I've, I've come to understand life is about connection. It's about relationship uh, and, and utilizing that. Uh, you know, I'm not in this alone. I'm not a lone wolf. Uh, and sometimes I think, you know, whether just as Christians or when we're preaching, it's it's easy sometimes to think, well, I'm in this alone. You know, I, I have my responsibility to do it and it's up to me. And if I fail, then 
but really when we see the see the body see, see the church as a family we're in this together when we see the church as a body no body part is up to its its own uh we are working collectively uh and i think understanding that you know partially led led me into my my career in medicine but also uh kind of in this podcast space, right? Uh, Brian and I have been doing our podcast together for, uh, I guess, almost two years now. And, and that's been, it's been really encouraging, as, as you mentioned earlier, to, to, get to, to get to know other people, to, to get to spread the word of God. You know, there's really this, uh, this idea of broadcasting the seed. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing when I have uh, a, a relationship with one person that I'm really trying to, to uh, talk with them about Jesus Christ. But we've had feedback from, from around the world. Uh, and and what, a, what a blessing that is. I mean, and, and you look at the New Testament, and, and Paul didn't necessarily know every person that he was writing his letters to. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, he said in Romans, you know, I hope that I get to meet you. Uh, and oh, say hi to so and so. I know that they're in Rome there with you. And I think that that getting to getting to know people uh, who don't just live inside my community, uh, you know, I, I've never met you personally, but I cherish this opportunity to to get to relate with you and to connect with you and to share Jesus with you. Uh, and I think that that the podcast really provides a, a wonderful. Uh, tool there for us to connect with people, to to share the word of God, and to and to grow together, uh, not only in the in the body local in in the local church, but in the body collectively outside of my local community. Um, oh, both. We we might need to follow this up with another interview, but there's so many things to talk about. But yeah, the podcast. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, how old are you guys? How old are you, JD? 36. 36. Brian? 35. 35. Okay. I'm almost combined with the two. Of, no, I'm <laughs> 75. But uh, but no, I mean, just looking at uh, the, the technology, you know, you talk about evangelism and, and you go back in, in the Bible and, you know, if they went anywhere, they walked, they maybe rode a camel or the, a donkey or they got on a ship or uh but now that we can get on this and, and with all the technology and I can be face to face doing a Zoom with somebody in Nigeria or wherever, um, it's just it blows my mind. And for an old guy to learn, that's why I've got Matt Maldon helping me because uh, he's the tech guy. But uh, uh, to be able to uh, learn how to use these tools uh, to best uh, to do the work that we're trying to do. And there's a lot of a lot of ideas that are coming out of this, but which we're excited about. Um, Let's talk about the uh, devotional doctors real quick. Um, and uh, tell me, you said you've been doing the podcast for a couple of years. Uh, tell us what your thoughts were behind that and uh, what you've learned. Whoever wants to go first. Well, I think you tell our origin story better. So. Okay. Well, so when um, when I came here, I had, uh, which has been over two years ago, um, I had kind of played around with the idea of doing some sort of a blog or just something about a, a uh, like your, your spiritual prescription for the day. Um, you know, that, that kind of a thing. Yes. And JD had, had talked about the idea of a podcast. 
And uh, with him being a physical therapist, we kind of, I think, put those ideas together and said, well, what if, what if we try to create something really about what does it mean to be uh, whole? And one of the things that we try to come back to is the idea of holy. And really at the root of the word holy is to be a person who is whole. Uh, what sin does to us is it, is it separates us. It makes us not whole, not whole with God, not whole with others, not whole with ourselves. And really the, the good news is that we can be people who are, are whole. Um, we can be restored. And so we try to, to kind of integrate that from different perspectives. Uh, what does it mean to be truly healthy, you know, to be truly flourishing? Um, and that there are aspects of the gospel that are, yes, it's, it's forward-looking, it's eternal, but it also is a, a present reality as well. It's also to change us right now, um, and it, it ought to, to be something that restores us in the future, but it's also restorative for us right now. And so that's kind of what we try to talk about is you know, he healthy mind, body, and soul kind of a thing. Uh, I have uh, listened to part of one. Apologize, I didn't have time to look, but I'm going. To, it's on my to-do list here to listen to some, and because several of the names that that you've uh, interviewed there in your in your podcast, I know them now and have interviewed them, and and that's kind of fun. But um, the, you know, from a therapy, uh, JD, I my you know, I wanted to, when I was four in the fourth grade, I had a basketball coach in Owensboro, Kentucky. And he motivated me from that time on or anybody ever said, Danny, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want, I want to be a basketball coach. And uh, so then I learned that I had to have a degree to do that. And then what was I going to get the degree in? Then I got it, in, you know, and uh, it was back during President Kennedy and there was all this emphasis on physical health and physical education. So I got the degree in health and physical education. And uh, and so the whole and I coached for 12 years. And so the. The whole physical thing is was a big. I wish I was in as good a shape now as I was then, but um, I mean, we're work, we're walking, we're working on. It. But uh, but yeah, the importance of that is is I think missed by so many. I mean, uh, and again, we'd have to do another show to talk about all that. But uh, I was uh, I had the opportunity to my first job really was at the athletic director and head basketball coach at Florida College there in Temple Terrace in the Tampa area. And uh, and one of the guys that I met, never had uh, met him before, a guy named Homer Haley, and uh, he would come over to the gym every day and, and exercise. Well, he was, an, you know, I saw him, I was only 23. I saw him as an old guy. And uh, he used to come in and do pull-ups and push-ups and all these different things. And now I remember, one, I thought you'd, you'd find this interesting, but he said, you know, First Timothy 4.8, Paul said that bodily exercise profits little. But he said, but that little? It's so important to me. I'm, I'm going to work out every day. Uh, I just thought that was a, a cute thing. But uh, and I got to do this real quick, too. Doctor. OK, um, mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. But uh, one time I uh, went to a restaurant and the server came back and said that and hand me my credit card back and said, thank you, Dr. Barker. And I went, I, she walked away and I went, what is that all about? And I looked at the card and I had never thought of, my, my initials are D.R.B. And it, it, so they had put on the card, Dr. Barker, Dr. Barker. So maybe I should steal that and start using that again, but I don't know. But, uh, but devotionaldoctors.com, is that the best way to get to it? 
yeah, devotionaldoctors.com. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. Uh, any podcast platform you can find us. Uh, just search for Devotional Doctors. Okay, great. Well, that's uh, that's really exciting. And, I, and keep that up. I think that's really motivational. Um, all right. I, I end every episode uh, with a couple of things. One, if we could do this real quick, we're going to go a little bit over, but that's all right. Um, conversion story. Think about somebody that you've studied with or worked with in the past that ended up becoming a Christian. And would you mind sharing that with us? I know you have more than one, but maybe J.D. start us out. Well, kind of going back to trying to think of someone who came to came to the gospel or came to Jesus. really the the place that I tend tend to think of in in that story is really myself. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, while I did grow up in a Christian home uh, and I I, I might've grown up as a, as a good kid, right? Uh, That doesn't mean that I was being made in the image of Christ. Uh, You know, I was, I was being a good kid. Yeah, I I got baptized because that's what that's what good Christian kids are supposed to do at a certain age. Uh, But I didn't do it because I was in love with God. Uh, And really, as I've as I've grown and matured and really seen conversion, not just as a as a a one time thing. Well, I got baptized. So now now I'm therefore, you know, all the Christian I ever need to be. Uh, But really understanding understanding it as a as an ongoing process that, that we are uh, day by day being saved, right? Uh, and really trying to understand my, myself better as a, a part of someone who is being converted uh, and being, uh, being remade in the image of Jesus Christ. Uh, I found that that helps me then to understand when I'm talking with somebody or trying to share Jesus with them, or even with talking with my brothers and sisters in the body. Uh, it, it helps lend to patience. It helps lend to understanding this as a, as a process uh, that we are growing together, that it's not just a, a one-time, now you become, uh, become all the Christian that you, that you ever need to be. Uh, but, but understanding conversion as a, as a, as an ongoing growth, uh, I think really understanding my own growth in that way has then helped me to, to relate and connect uh, to people, both, both within the church and, and outside of the body. You know what? I, I'm not so sure that that, that might be uh, one of the most fundamental things, right? We're supposed to be able to give a reason why we have the hope that we do and to be able to tell your own story and share your own experiences and, not with just other Christians, but with the, your patients and the people you come in contact with, because uh, the Bible's full of stories. I mention this all the time too. But th- let's think about the characters in the Bible that we—I mean, those are stories that God gave us, right? And uh, what we learn from their their uh, their victories and their failures and and whatever. But uh, but no, I think uh, I think that's really uh, that's really good, JD. That you yeah, and, that you, and you see Abraham, you see Abraham growing, you see Moses. You know, growing and learning you see paul growing and learning and, and i think understanding those stories in that way rather than they start here and they stay there forever and 
uh, I mean, they, they've all got pitfalls and they've all got this journey as we've talked about and this, this growth. And I think it's really, as you said, really fundamental to, to understanding that we're all growing and, and we can oh. grow together as the body. I tell people all the time, I'm 75, but I'm still a work in progress. And I, I, was, telling somebody, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, uh, he's 78. And I said, uh, well, you know, Moses, God didn't, God didn't call Moses till he was 80. And look at the job he gave him to do, to go to Egypt. But anyway, uh, all right, Brian, what's the story that you have? Conversion. Yeah, so one, one that I think about is uh, being in Pensacola, the first place that I had ever preached really on a consistent, regular and full-time basis. And it being a Sunday night. And after the sermon is over on Sunday night, you, know, you you know, extend what we call an invitation is, you know, traditional to do. And um, a young man comes down the aisle and sits down. I, I've never seen him before. Nobody there has ever seen him before. And so I sit down and start talking to him and he says that he wants to be baptized. And so I'm kind of wondering, well, what, you know, what is that? Nobody, nobody knows who this guy is. He just comes into our service that night. Um, and so I sit there and talk to him for, for a while and figure out that he, he fully understands and knows what he's doing. Um, he had in times past talked with a relative. I want to say it was an uncle, maybe, um, who had really studied with him, taught him. But at that time, he didn't he didn't move forward with it. Um, but he got to a point in his life where. He uh, he basically he, he pulled out the phone book, found uh, his uncle, I think, if that's who it was, went to a church of Christ. Um, and so he looked up in the phone book, a church of Christ came and, and worshiped with us that Sunday night. Um, and we we did. Uh, he was baptized. And that was the first that was the first time that I had baptized somebody. And thinking thinking about that, that story in that story, what what did I do? Really, very, very little. And I always like to be reminded of that, that I, I think that sometimes in these conversations, we can almost approach it from sort of a business model kind of a thing, or we're going to pull, you know, what's the latest five tips and tricks right. um, and, and, and that kind of a thing. When in reality, when I step back, who really is the one who's working? Ultimately, it's God and what God is doing. Absolutely. And, even when you look at the book, something like the book of Acts, you know, really what the apostles are doing is really just trying to keep up with what, what God is doing with, you know, what the Holy Spirit's doing. They're, they're really just trying to keep up with that. And sometimes they're not doing a great job even. Um, they're kind of behind the, you know, behind things, so to speak, like Peter, um, you know, he's not fully where he needs to be. And but I, I think just to be reminded of that. And so that's one that I think of. And then with with his baptism, we did end up, you know, baptizing several others who were friends of his. Um, you know, but again, what what did I do in that? Really, nothing other than have other than be the one up front for when he came down the aisle and said, "I was taught however many years ago, um, but you know, today I decided I want today to be the day." Um, and again, a reminder to me that we often do, that while our work is important. Um, there's someone at work far more than anything that we might be doing. Yeah. And, and how all that comes together is just fascinating. And you think about the providence of God, which I, th I love 
that think about it and talk about it don't understand it completely because God's doing things that, uh, that we can't see and don't understand. And, uh, but yeah, just like him coming, coming down that time and, uh, the contacts that he made, uh, with other family and friends, uh, that's just fascinating. Um, all right. We're out of time. We're already past time. One thing, if somebody's listening and they're thinking, you know what, I know this is part of my, my responsibility as a Christian is to share and to talk to others about Christ. And I, I, these guys have got me motivated. So what, what would you say to somebody that's listening and they're wanting to get started? And you've heard me do this. There's more than one thing. But what would you say to somebody that says, I want to learn how to, to lead others to Christ? What, what would you say to them, J.D.? I'd say give it a try and be patient. Uh, the, the, uh, well, one of the things in, in my practice, you know, for, for patience, I, I have to preach patience, <laughs> P-A-T-I-E-N-C. Yes. Uh, and, you know, healing doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I have to be patient as a practitioner. They have to be patient as a patient. Uh, and as Christians, we have to be patient. Uh, sometimes we have to wait uh, as Brian mentioned, you know, God is at work and we don't always understand his timeline, but be patient, wait for the Lord. Uh, when we're talking with someone, work, but be patient. Uh, you know, the, there, is, there is work to be done, but, uh, but allow, your, allow yourself some grace. Allow, allow patience uh, to play its role there as well. I love that. I really do. Can I use that? Can I steal that from you? I want, I want to use that. Absolutely. <laughs> I stole it from Paul. So go oh, for it. <laughs> there, there you go. That's right. All right. Um, well, Brian, what would you say? One thing. Uh, the thing that comes to my mind is uh, prayer, which I think is something that's often uh, can be overlooked in some of these, in some of these conversations that, um, I know sometimes in, in local congregations, you know, as preachers are working with a congregation or with elders, oftentimes they might be called upon to give some sort of a, a report of what they've been doing, or, you know, especially people in another country, you know, sending back a report. And one of the things that I've thought about with, with some of those is that I think we tend to place such a value on doing stuff. Uh, you know, this is what I did. I had this, you know, I went here and then I went there and I had this study and I had this one and I've got the thing I do on Monday and I've got the thing I do on Tuesday and then I've got the one on Thursday night and I've got, um, and I'm just struck sometimes of how little we talk about prayer. Uh, again, it's almost as though we think we're doing this all on our own. And if we just do more and more and more, we'll see more and more results. And just in my own limited experience, um, I think there's just a great mystery to how a lot of things unfold. And the more that we can spend reflecting on God's involvement, spending time with God, I think that's where we then, that there's just mysterious opportunities that then, um, that then open up. Um, and, you know, the old cliche adage, maybe that less is more, um, but I think there's times where that can be the case where we almost busy ourselves so much that we want people to notice what we're doing 
Um, and we might be failing to see that it's actually God who's doing it. And perhaps if we spent even more time with, with him, um, we might see, see more opportunities um, at the end of the day. So patience and prayer. I love it. It's good. Yeah, the power of God. We don't, we don't, we forget who our father is. We forget just how powerful he is. And he is the one that's to get the glory. He's the one, without him, we wouldn't even be talking, right? We wouldn't have be having this conversation. So listen, guys, I really, uh, I look forward to meeting. I've said this to so many, but I really do. We're not that far away from each other. Um, but I look forward to meeting you guys. And maybe we can hook up sometime for lunch or something and get to know each other even better. But thank you. I know you're both busy. Appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. Love you guys and, and keep up your good work. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. God bless you as well. Thank you. Thank, thank you for all the good you're doing. Thank you. Give God the glory. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.